Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 866. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10Fortorah.org. So as we near Pesach, one of the big ideas of the Seder are the four sons. The four sons paralleling all the other fours that we have at the Seder. The four sons, or the four children who are at the Seder, really come from four references in the Torah to a future conversation that you will have with your kids. And so four different times it talks about it'll come to pass, your children will say to you, or your child will ask you, or your son asks. All of these different languages that we find in the Torah four different times, we assume refer to four different children. There are four different children at the Seder. What's interesting is that we don't necessarily quote these four children verbatim with the responses that the Torah provides verbatim, or each of them has offered their own response, and, and that's a whole different discussion. But I want to focus on really three words of one of the children. So we know there's the Chacham. The Chacham is a very knowledgeable guy. What is all of this stuff? And he differentiates between the different types of mitzvahs as a, as a really righteous and knowledgeable person. We have the Tam. The Tam is the simple son, Mazos. He doesn't know how to articulate the question. The Shani the Elishal doesn't really know how to ask at all, and maybe we'll speak a little bit more about him tomorrow. And then, of course, the second son that I skipped is the Russia. The Russia is the wicked son. Mahu Omer, what does he say? What is this for you? What is this to you? And so we take this very badly, even though technically uh, the way we respond is from the same pasuk that we respond to the Sheinu Yudei Elishal. Please notice that. But the Rasha says, What is all this work? As the Ritva puts it, he's asking, what in the world is taking so long? Why can't we eat already? And that's actually not uh, such an unreasonable question. Sometimes the Seder could take a long time. But this Rasha is asking it not just from the fact that he's hungry, but he doesn't see himself as attached to any of this. It's not meaningful to him. So, he is inferring that it's just about you and it's not about him. And because he excludes himself from the community, he is considered to be a denying a basic principle. So therefore, the response that is described over here is, Af ata You should Let's uh, not translate that for a moment, but do something to his teeth and say to him, Hashem did this for me because of this, because of the carbon Pesach and Matzah and Mara. Hashem did this for me when we left Mitzrayim, Li Velolo, referring specifically to me. Me, it was done for. But not you, kid. Ilu Hayasham, would you have been there? Lo Hayanagal, you would not have been redeemed. The assumption being that, as the Medrash tells us in Makkah of Choshach, there were a lot of Jews who were not interested or willing to leave. They were uh, not, they did not survive Choshach either. So those people, he would have been amongst them and would not have left. That's right. So the question over here is, there are many questions over here, but one of the questions over here is, what is this response, hakei ashinav blunt his teeth? Do you like punch him in the mouth? I mean, that's um, simply how some understand, hakei ashinav. Now, first of all, the word hakei is not the same word as hika, which usually means to hit. There's a kuf instead of a chaf, so it's not exactly the same word. Although there is reference in Yermio, there's reference in Kohelas to this word of blunting, Shine banim tikahena is the pasuk in Yirmiyahu referring to the blunting of uh, t- children's teeth are blunted, and the idea of there being a, a degrading of the sharpness of the tooth. You could ask a dentist about exactly how this works, but I'd like to talk about what is this response. It seems, just reading the line, the response is, blunt his teeth by saying him. It's not really you punch him in the mouth, and then as he's on the floor, you say the following, 
Probably it means hake es shinov blunt his teeth by saying to him. Now it's interesting. He didn't say explicitly mohavodazos lachem me and not you. He didn't say any of that, but we're implying it. And also in the answer, it's bavrezasa hashem li b'tesim mitzrayim. We didn't. We don't articulate me and not you. It's just that's the sensitivity of language on both sides. He asks a question which is uh, somehow hidden in his words, and we respond to it with an answer which is hidden in our words. His question is not explicitly excluding himself, but it's implicitly doing so. And so our answer mirrors that and implicitly leaves him behind. And so what is the understanding? So as I mentioned before, some do understand that you blunt his teeth, you uh, irritate him, you provoke him, you know, you, you give it right back at him, you don't let him talk, you don't let him uh, try to get all the other three sons who are at the table to uh, to take him too seriously so that perhaps, God forbid, they separate themselves as well. But there are a lot of different interpretations, nice ideas that I want to share with you that perhaps might allow us to understand better why Hake Ashinam specifically to blunt his teeth. Some understand that the reason we specifically target his teeth is because in this question he's not speaking appropriately, and so therefore Hake Ashinam we should um, we should you know have him be more careful with the way he speaks, and perhaps he's a little bit too focused on the the physical, on eating, on the pleasures of the world. Some understand that the idea of teeth is focused as we uh, refer to in Bava Kamal, and we refer to the damages that an animal can do. There's a damage called shane. Shane means an animal that does things for their own benefit. That type of animal and that type of damage is something that an owner is responsible for. So here too, as well, we have to blunt the boy or the girls, the physical desires that they have. We have to blunt their self-interest so that everything they're doing is for their own pleasure so that they see that there's a larger goal in all that we do. Some understand that the teeth is really about uh, uh, the imperfections of humanity. You know, we don't grow up or we are not born with our adult teeth. And so this child might be saying, hey, we're okay. Why do we need to improve? We're good. There is no improvement required to which we respond, hey, that's not the way it works. We grow up as children, but there's adulting that is required. We must change over the course of time. And teeth is a good example of that because our teeth literally change as we grow from child to adult. Um, There's, of course, a reference to a gematria here, a famous gematria. I'm not sure who was the first to suggest this, but if you take the gematria of Russia, Russia, the numerical value of that word is 570. And the numerical value of the word tzaddik is 204. So you have a Russia which is 570 and the tzaddik which is 204. What is the difference between the two of them? So the answer is 366. So if you spell the word shinov without both of its yuds, so you have the gematria of 366. So what this would mean is, what is the difference between a Russia and a Tzadik? Well, how do we differentiate the two? The shinov, the, the, the tooth, the, the way they speak. And so you can understand in a lot of different ways, but perhaps, just most simply, to turn a Russia into a Tzadik, you have to take the bite away from how they talk internally. We all are the same internally. We're all good people. But on the outside, the Russia performs in a way or speaks in a way that is inappropriate. And just making that change, dull those teeth, quiet them down and have them calm and perhaps uh, not attack as much, that turns them from a Russia into a Tzad. Others suggest that the self-centeredness of this kid is seen in a few other ways as well. Some people point out that the idea of the teeth is, uh, one could theoretically say that when they come to the Seder, you know, why do we have to go through all of these motions? 
Why do we have to actually sit and talk and take out all of these symbols? Why can't I just read about it? I want to intellectualize Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I don't want to have an experiential moment. I just want to uh, discuss. And why do we really need to be here doing all of these things? Maha has What is all of this work? So some explain, the Baruch Shammar, for example, explains, he says, yeah, take a look at the teeth. You know, the fact that we blunt our teeth eating food. You might ask, why do we have to eat food? Let's just stare at it. Let's conceptualize food. Uh, it's not something which is really important. And so his answer is, obviously, in order to ingest what we need to ingest, we go, need to go through physical motions. We need to blunt our teeth and chew and do the things that people who eat do in order to make sure that we are uh, we are well well nourished and we have whatever we need. The Avodraham suggests that uh, the blunting of the teeth has to do with a, a, um, a child who is sitting on the outside. He's not included with everybody else as it continues in the answer. You would not have been included. And there's the frustration and the grinding of the teeth that is uh, blunting them. That's the response. The response is don't you know, punch the kid in the teeth, but respond in a way that the kid knows that he's excluded. And because he's excluded, he'll be frustrated and grinding his own teeth and hopefully want to come back into the community. There are other answers as well. And uh, like I mentioned, there are many explanations here. Um, one is the same way a person is, um, let's say, uh, only has his teeth rot or has all of these uh, effects on their mouth based on what they ingest in their own mouth. So the Shibuli Halakhet says, Shekamo shekiyon hashinayim ba mimasha adam ochel ba'atzmo kach meshim in l'rashat shuva the response that we give him is not this big theological response. You know, we don't talk about why it is that we got out of Egypt, etc. You just separated yourself. Know what it would have been like had you separated yourself then. And so we don't focus on the grander theology over here. We just focus on the one idea of separation from everybody else. Those are some of the many explanations that exist for these words and understanding these words. And uh, although I probably grew up with this very harsh hakeashinav punch the kid in the face, uh, that's probably, or I should say, definitely not required. Have a great day.